0: Keep going, keep going. I think... everyone understand, if anybody doesn't understand, like that, uh, just... yeah. Bahem kol mum ve Okay, so can you summarize for us? Uh, sure. the king completely took over, or did in some of the of the house of God. I assume, you know, he, uh, he didn't uh, see Rashi, t- he uh,
1: addresses your problem. He says, he um, didn't take everything. He left some, he left some of the items uh, behind They're probably things that either was difficult to transport or he didn't think was, uh, he didn't consider them valuable according to... Is question. it was a
2: territorial siege? or.
1: He, a... the, what happened was that in the end of Malchut Yehuda, so towards the last, like basically the last 11 years of Malchut Yehuda, the king of Bavel had sort of like a... Uh, uh, uh you know a it uh, in in the time of Yeho- Yakim was like put into power by by Nebuchadnezzar and he didn't follow his uh didn't you know didn't uh obey him so he exiled him and then Zedekiahu takes over and Zedekiah the same thing basically uh Swore allegiance to Nebuchadnezzar and didn't keep his uh, vow, so he eventually completely. Uh, Hasn't killed him. You know, uh, yeah, he kills him actually. Yeah, Yo brings... he brings uh, he imprisons, doesn't he? Or did, did he die? Which which yeah, was the and, one and, that and stayed, and with Yeho-Yakim. Yeho-Yakim stayed with him? Yo Yakim Yo with him. Yo yakim died on the, uh, during the siege, right? Yo Yachin stays with stayed in prison and eventually he like Goine, gave right. him like no that was yeah. Tzitkiyahu, he blinded him, and then he killed yeah, his, his children, sons. and then blinded him. And that was a
2: terrible story.
1: Right. So, this. So towards the end, basically, it was a struggle between Malchut Yehuda. The last couple of kings, essentially, you know, tried to make a political deal with Nebuchadnezzar to be subservient to him, but after a while, rebelled. So after the second time of Tzidkiah, so then the whole that, he was the last one, and everything was destroyed. But um, at this stage, we're talking about uh, still in the times of Yehoiakim. So Jehoiakim is, uh means that the, that the Beta HaMikdash wasn't totally destroyed yet, because the Beta HaMikdash was totally destroyed during the times of Tzikyar. So we're, it was, you know, he took Mikzat Tzakilim uh, because he hadn't fully destroyed the Beta HaMikdash yet. Um. Yeah. All right. so this was the this was the exile of the elites that happened in the in the first exile of uh, uh, of Yakim was where the he, he took the elites of Judah and he left still a remnant of Judah during Zedekiah's reign and he left Zedekiah in charge until such time as basically Zedekiah also uh, uh, decided to rebel and then there was the complete destruction. <coughs> All right. Okay, so. Uh,
2: Okay.
1: Right. So what happens? He says he wants.
2: He wants all the all the pure innocent children that have a lot of and he's gonna. He wants to teach them. He wants to
1: like educate them in the Babylonian culture. Right, in language, basically, you know, to to, to make them uh, loyal subjects and hopefully, you know, somehow, somehow advisors in his court. It's like a Jedi school.
2: Is it's he it, doing this with everywhere? Or specifically with the just the Jews?
1: This, this was, as far as I know, this is only... It, it talks about the only die here, so...
2: It sounds like a Korban, no? Where? In Bahem, Moon? In, Bahem, moon. in Bahem, moon, It's like weird, language. Yeah, sure, it's it's or, interesting, In yeah. brain, it's, a so it's like a... No, I mean like, I'll do one year and then no boom at all, yeah, yeah, yeah. strange kids
1: let me he wanted them to look you know to look the part also and mm-hmm. want them to you know if you think about it Makes sense. as right as much as we don't uh, as much as we don't necessarily want to want to acknowledge it, like you know appearance does make a difference of course. that's that's part of the idea of 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 kohanin, not having a moon in the bit gosh like what why does the fact that the person has a moon make them unfit to serve in the bed? It has nothing to do with the physical body. You know, but the fact is that people... Right, if you want a representative, you're going to pick a representative that is attractive and beautiful. You're not going to choose a representative that so is not.
2: kids, we be representing assimilation? Well, we're going
1: to see what happens with them. But, uh, but it's a... Uh, you know, the first step was that he took the... This was the elite exile, the first exile of uh, Yehuda. So the... These are the, you know, the, the the cream of the crop. The Beit HaMikdash is still not destroyed, right? Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, but these smart people and educated people, they sort of, the upper class was first exiled. There was, an, there was an, a period of time that all of the sort of upper class of Yehuda was, remember, there's only Malchut Yehuda. there's no more Malchut Yehudah, anyway. So the upper class of Yehuda came to uh, was exiled to Babylon, while like sort of like the lower, middle, and lower class people were left behind in Yehuda under the re- reign of Tzidkiyahu to see if he would be able to, you know, hold that, you know, uh, re- maintain his loyalty to Babylon, which he did. Okay, so um, <clears throat> so what you see is that right? So there's a similarity right away. We're talking about exile. We're talking about. What is really the story of Daniel? The story of Daniel is how the Jews are going to survive in exile, basically. But specifically, not just any Jews, but Daniel, who is a representative of the elite of Yehuda. Elite meaning that he's one of these chachamim, and Yeladimash in Behem Kolmum. Okay? So, meaning he's somebody who potentially, what would have happened to somebody like Daniel if there hadn't been a galut? What would have happened to somebody like Dandiel in the without a galut? The to leadership.
0: Royal family. He right, would have been some kind of a leader, some
1: kind of a... Most likely he would have been some kind of a leader of the people because he had all of the qualifications. He had the right look, he had the right uh, character, he had the knowledge. So most likely he would have been a person that would, uh, you know, would, be, uh, uh, would be a leader if there were an independent state of Israel at the time. But now that there isn't, and he's in exile, so the question is, how is his ability going to be put to use within a foreign uh, context? And um, he'll be the one who's the most outstanding, even though there are other ones too with him, as, as we're going to see. Um, okay, so, so that's what I said. So he said, people are maskilim bekol chuchmaa. So what do you see from this about Nebuchadnezzar, first of all? You see something interesting he's actually, he's actually about... He knowledge. He actually cares about knowledge, which is already very interesting, right? Maskilim So he wants people, highly educated people, to be in his court. And they have the strength to stand, meaning they have stamina, they have energy... And they'll be able to learn the language and the culture, basically, of the Kastim, so that he can, so that they can, in, you know, basically integrate into the uh, integrate into the culture of uh, of Bavel successfully. Because you can't have a person
2: like to stand up for what they believe, they It
1: sounds like it means physical energy. Yeah, I mean, they had to, they they, had, they needed physical energy. In addition, they can't be, just be like some, you know, nebish uh, intellectual He has to be somebody who can, who has the strength to, to be a leader or to participate in leadership by being part of the court of the king. So you see right away that the that Nebuchadnezzar is a person who values chokhmah. And one of the fascinating, fascinating things about Nebuchadnezzar is he's a very complicated character, both in Tanakh and also in, in the way that Chazal, like, uh, portray Nebuchadnezzar, a very interesting character. You would think of Nebuchadnezzar Harasha. He destroyed the Beit Hamikdash, you know. But really, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't such a. Well, it's not so simple that he was just a Rashah. That he he had certain element to him that it was worthwhile for Daniel to engage with him, and throughout the book engages with him actually at a more sophisticated level than we ever see Yosef mm-hmm. in, in, engage with Parol. Now, first of all, what do you? What's the difference right away between Nebuchadnezzar and Parol? Right, so Yosef and Daniel are both in a similar situation. They are very smart, right? There's also a very smart, kamocha. that's Yosef, right? And he ends up becoming an advisor to Paro. Oh, but what brings Yosef into the picture? The far- oh, the- only the failure of the Khartoumim, really, oh, it's like, right. I want the Khartoumim and the magic workers. Oh, that they didn't work, so what am I going to do now? He doesn't have the idea that I should seek chachami, real Chachamim. Uh, you see, he doesn't have that idea. He says, I don't know. And so some guy says, Oh, you know, there's some Nar Ivri. He doesn't say he's a great Chacham. He doesn't say anything about him. He says, <laughs> A nothing guy, but he knows how to interpret dreams. And what does Paro say about Yosef? That, that's that's all I heard is that you know how to you know how to interpret Correct. dreams. Not that you're wise, but whereas Nebuchadnezzar, he is a Russia a bad guy, you know, obviously, but but uh, he's a person that's seeking out the chatchila. He wants, like, actual intellectuals in his court, which is really interesting.
0: Is that a, is that a difference between the cultures of Egypt versus Babylonia? Or do you think that's a, like so a temperamental no. difference? It, between it is later. Yeah. So it it's a develops lot. into... Like, that was considered the highest it was level still, of knowledge. Of he also time. has Khartoumim, though.
1: He has a lot yeah. of He has lots of Khartoumim. He does. Well, he doesn't... He has a high... Job performance dates. Yeah, yeah, but he, but he, <laughs> he but he, he's a uh, look. He was a ruthless king, but there were a lot of very smart, very ruthless kings. Alexander the Great is one of them. He was extremely smart and extremely ruthless and uh, and and aggressive. So it doesn't necessarily. It's not a contradiction. People can be a person can be extremely intelligent and extremely uh, sophisticated and extremely educated and at the same time in the same brain have total nonsense in the brain and believe in superstition and all kinds of nonsense at the same time. And they don't see any contradiction between the two things. Like gods of stealing money, money. <laughs> like that. I mean, I don't know if that guy's a big ch-cham. Otherwise, I don't know him, but no. I'm saying it's not a surprise I was saying to uh, to uh, I think we were talking about this about when I was in Catholic University, you know, and such intellectual sophistication, yeah. such the priest like that was my professor, so intelligent, so, but like at the same time I look at his screensaver on his laptop, it's like Baby Jesus, it's like hey, you know how do you believe in this nonsense and you are so smart, yeah. Or I was telling you like the Ayatollah Khomeini, the other one. Ayatollah Khomeini was a genius. He was like an Eloi of, uh, in philosophy also, he wrote books on Aristotelian philosophy and he's like super smart person. And he did total, you know, believed in and did total nonsense and violence and all this thing. How do you reconcile all the contradictions? I don't, there's no reconciliation yeah, for it. I mean, that's the point. Human nature is so complicated. You know, a person can compartmentalize or, you know, they don't apply Chukma to an area of their life, I think that's that's part of what like what happens in tefillah. In tefillah, you first stand before Hashem in the Amida, and then you do Nefilat tapayim, which is a whole other story. We talk about that too. But Nefilat tapayim is basically saying, "La modlif Hashem" is to say, "I see myself as somebody who, in my in my life, is serving Hashem. My purpose is serve- everything that I'm doing. I'm applying." Hashem's wisdom to my life and I'm attempting to make it into a vehicle of service of God. What is nefilat apayim? I'm failing in like 90% of that. Right? And then we say, Asham nu bagadnu, what happened? You just were saying Amida. Why are you saying Asham nu bagadnu"? do that later after you did some Averot? Why are you doing do that? Or do it
2: before.
1: Or do it, yeah. Like in But Yeah, so the bagadnu, is meaning that the standing before God has two results. One is that I see the areas in which I am in fact but I also realize the are areas that are sure. very, that I purposely don't allow the light of Torah to, to shine on certain areas of my personality <clears throat> that are you know that are, that are not uh, reflecting God's wisdom in, in, in that way so uh, it's human nature to be like that the difference is that a person who is um, who is uh, uh, has a framework who has a framework to guide them is on a path of progress and, it's, and, it's and, and has a chance. And that's the difference between a person who has Torah and a person who doesn't. Know. You know? Like when you have a, when you have a, and actually that will probably tie into a lot of what we talk about in the Beit HaMikdash because part of what the Beit HaMikdash and the whole idea of Kapara, the whole idea of coming to the Beit HaMikdash, is that we have a system, like it says in Dayenu also, that Hashem gave us the Beit HaBichira le- bo al, al- kol avonotenu. The whole idea is that we have a system to return we have a way to grow something that pushes us to grow and we're not just on our own so uh, it's a uh, it's not a surprise that that a, that a person would have that kind of a contradiction within themselves because i think it's human nature that many of us we all we all are subject to that pachotoyoter, like more or less in, in our own lives that we you know that we we have the same but but the maala in other words the, the difference right off the bat between somebody like parol who is a who is only turns to Yosef because his magical approach fails, and he seeks something else. And even Yosef, he initially says, Oh, you are a uh, magic man. No, no, no. So it's a, he's saying, no, no, it's not me. God will answer the... Uh, which means what? Which means there's an objective... I, I'm just going to study your dream and using the wisdom Hashem gave me I'm going to be able to understand it uh, <clears throat> but it's not something it's some power that I have and we're going to see Nebuchadnezzar also initially thinks that Daniel is uh, some kind of magic man <clears throat> but the, the reason each the difference in Nebuchadnezzar is that he he wanted chachamim lechatchila he wanted chachamim and there's actually a, there's an amazing chazal I don't know if you guys have heard this so there's a chazal it's in, in Masechet probably David Shlomo learned it already but it's a, but it's not in a practical. Uh, it's it's in Agadot. So you probably skipped you skipped oh, okay. that part. It's in but it it the, where Nebuchadnezzar says it says about Nebuchadnezzar that he was working as the secretary of the. Uh, he was like a an assistant originally uh, to to the king, and they wrote a a letter to the king of Yehudan, and the and the letter said. Uh, to the, to to the king, right, to, to, to the king of Judah and to your God. You know, it's, first it said to the, to to, to to the, the king God. and then to God. And, and they sent out the letter, and Nebuchadnezzar was like, Why did you send the letter like that? You put the king, the human king, ahead of God. Do we have a Messiah Where is it? I'll show you where it is. I'll read it to you rather than paraphrasing. we have a regular Kamah here? You can give me one of, the, one of those 10A1s, uh, I can use them. It. Here. But it's. We have it mixed up. There's a big one. It's probably a second one, Yeah, I here it's a second one. Second or third, let's
0: see. This is third. I well, give you the. There's about over there. Oh, the
1: regular one? Yeah, I like the regular one better. I'm kind of old fashioned. Where is it? 20, 20, 20. Okay, that's okay. I'm almost just the right height to read it. Okay. So, yeah, so the Gemara, where's the story?
0: This complex character, like, of uh, Mughaneta um, is more elaborate in, in the Gemara, right? Yeah, but uh, you see now, it. You, see you definitely, see it in, in you the, definitely
1: yeah. see it in the You definitely see it in the A
2: lot of the stories that you think are abedot to the Gemara are actually looking
1: for this. Right, so they said, so it says uh when when who was uh he was uh you know he recovered from his illness so they wrote him a letter they sent them uh, they sent him a letter okay so they said peace yeah, peace okay. to your uh to the, to the king, peace to the city, peace to the god. Nebuchadnezzar. He, he was the sofer of the previous king. So again, that's in that means that Khazar is saying he's educated, because the soferim were the educated people. They weren't uh, the regular people. Right? So he so he wasn't at work that day. He was uh, he had a day off or he was running late. COVID. He we went to Mafine. <laughs> he he was getting coffee and it already went out. He said, by the way, what did you write in that letter to Chizkiyahu? The letter saying, uh, I'm happy that you got better, whatever. They were sending him like a recovery or whatever. Uh, and remember, during the times of Chizkiyahu, Bavil was like not a really big kingdom. Yet. It was a very small kingdom. Yet. It only became big. Um, that's why when they came to visit, and then and then he showed them all of the storehouses, and then, uh, the, and then the Navi says, oh, you know, these people are going to come take, all of it, take everything here. Because at the time, it was a nothing kingdom. It was... Uh, Amrulay, Hachikat at that time it was like Egypt was big and Ashur was big. Amrulei Hachikat Vinan. This is what we wrote. Jerusalem Shlomu le Malkach. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a line. Right. Amrulei Hachikat Vina. Amolehu Karuitu le Elaharaba veKavitu le Levasof. You call him the great god, but you wrote him last. How could you do that? Amar Elahachiketovo. He said, "This is what you should have written." Shalam lela peace to the great God. Shalam shalom shalam They should have written in the God first, and then the city, and then the king, because king's you know secondary to the city. Had it had totally wrong. The person who reads the letter should be the messenger, meaning you should go since you realize the problem, you go solve it, you know. Don't bring me problem, bring me solutions. You know, go, go do what you So Rahat Batrei, he started to run after the messenger that had the letter. Kedrahit arba pisiot. He run four steps. Ata Gavriel Gavriel the Malach came and stopped him. We'll explain what that means in a second. Okay? But Amar Abiyochanan il malei Gavriel veemido. If Gavriel had not stopped Nebuchadnezzar's tracks, kanal There would have been no hope for the uh, Jewish people. It would have destroyed everything instead of keeping run. Alright, What does it mean? What does that agadah mean? What does it mean? We don't have to take it literally as a historical uh, description, obviously. What's it trying to say?
0: He had merit that he saw Gavriel as the, set, like the center. Yeah, but what's the Gavriel
1: story? What's so it's trying to say that some... that Gav, when it, A lot of times Chazal will use the idea of a Malach to mean a phenomenon that is... Uh, like, for example, when it, when it when it says that Yosef was lost and it says, Oh, so the Ish was a Malach. It was Gavriel. It, it was, you know... It, it, it was a malach helping him. So the idea is that any time something is instrumental to God's purpose, it's called a malach. What does it mean? It means he was, he was stopped on the way. You know, he got distracted. He, he was going to do it. But then, you know, the Midrash saying he was going to do it. But, you know, something stopped him. He was stopped on the way. Somebody said, oh, by the way, you know, we have a meeting at uh, 2 o'clock. You need to do this. Okay, fine. I'm uh, Forget it. I'm not going to do it. The idea was, though, what's the Midrash trying to say? He had a certain kavod for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and understood. But it wasn't enough, right? Meaning, he, if he had really been on that level of recognizing Hashem, he could have replaced the Jewish people. He would have been so great. This a saying he could have wiped out because they weren't uh, recognizing HaKadosh Baruch when he was. He could have been better than the Jewish people. He would have deserved. What does it mean? It means he would have deserved to destroy the Jewish people. That's what it's saying. That's what the Chazal are saying. Obviously, they're exaggerating. It's, but it's meant to point an idea. not saying the whole Brit with Abraham and Nitzchak Yaakov would be canceled. That wouldn't be possible. But the idea is that he would have had a right to have that power because his recognition of God was such that he ran after the Shaliach to stop him from delivering a letter that was a Pogim uh, B'Kvod Shamaim. It's obviously using a, a, a story to express an idea that he had a sense of Kvod Shamaim. It just wasn't fully developed. And, and had it been fully developed, he would have had a greater Zichut. He would have had a Zichut that would have threatened the uh, primacy of, of Ami Yisrael like in a more significant way. Because, it, But it's trying to show us he really did have it, but it wasn't enough that he actually followed through to go and to stop the shaliach. That's what the, the, the Agadah is showing you exactly what you see from Nebuchadnezzar. He had a certain kavod for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and for Chochmah but Adkan would not
2: until
1: right meaning there was Who a limit to it. It when it contradicted other aspirations that he had he wasn't uh he he wouldn't necessarily make a sacrifice for it he was he, he was upset about the, the in the story he's upset about the letter that's going out he wanted to stop it he wouldn't have done that if he had been there on the job at the time that it was done but once it's already done he made an effort but it was a half-hearted effort it wasn't complete that's the idea, that that basically captures uh, Nebuchadnezzar's personality as it uh, appears in the Tanakh meaning he was a very sophisticated person he was a, he's seen he's portrayed in the Tanakh also Really in Sefer Daniel, I think he also is portrayed that way, but definitely in Chazal as a chacham, as a melech chacham, just who is, you know, obviously has evil intent, is, you know, just like, I would say Alexander the Great is the best example of a person in later times that was similar to that, that he was a, he studied with Aristotle, he, you know, he had, he was a, he was philosophically inclined, he was extremely bright. Not everybody has Aristotle as a personal tutor. You know, he obviously was extremely bright. And he had this idea of civilizing the world. But he also, like, had drunken revelry and, you know, and extremely violent and, and, and all that. And he, he recognized, you see in Alexander the Great, his chokhmah that he respected the Jews. Meaning he, he said, this is amchacham. These, these are not barbarians. Right? He, meaning he... He was trying to civilize the world that he felt was full of barbarians. But when he saw the Jews, he realized they weren't barbarians, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. He, yeah, like he wanted, he, to, he the, the wanted
1: smart... to take the good of, right. uh, of of Am Yisrael. He's like, I want the chachamim, Mada. So he appreciated chokhmah. That's like that's not a small thing.
2: definitely not back then.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are many politicians even today that have very little respect for chokhmah or expertise in anything, and they just want to. Their ego is, is is all. It's everything. And there are some that are mixed. I would say Netanyahu is like a mix.
0: <laughs> you
1: know, he's like a mix because he's very smart and he definitely respects chokhmah, but he also has his own, you know, okay. his own agenda. You know, it's, it, and, and most, most politicians are, are a mix, I would say. There are very few that are purely uh, uh, purely uh, interested in, in chokhmah. David HaMelech. Yeah. Okay. The Mashiach. Um, nice hey, how does that,
0: that? Huh? Nice that perceive me and you see that we're not just after
1: like but uh It's all Tailing. Like, I see it in Taylin. But it, I
0: know yeah. It seems to be more like uh Service of the heart, per se, and more like... But like if you, you read Tehilim,
1: you see that he was learning Torah all the time, and especially Chazal portray him as like learning Torah constantly, and Chazal really expand on it, but the basis is in the is in the Tanakh. I mean, especially in Tehilim, how he expresses love for Torah and love for knowledge of Torah. And uh, only a person, really the truth is only a person with real Avatashem Hashem and Chuchmat Hashem could live the way that he lived. Meaning he resisted Almost every opportunity to take advantage of his power for personal gain. The only time he failed was at Batevah. Every other time that he had an opportunity to take it, you have to be really a principled person to do that, and he he was. So that that was the greatness of David HaMelech, as contrasted with Shaul, who basically was a man uh, was more interested in his popularity and his and the love of the people, and so he always everything. The rule is that anything that there's an interesting klalim. Everything that Shaul swears in the name of God to do, he doesn't do. Right? Everything that David Melech swears in the name of God to do, he does do. Everything that, that Yosef swears in the name of Parod to do, he doesn't do. You know, meaning you know, you see what their real standard of uh, of what reality is was. What is swearing like? Oh, well, that's that's all the thing we talked about last time when I was in New York. But you know, that's it, it's a that's your standard of of reality. That's your, your absolute reality. I'm going to do this the same way that, I, that God is real. This is, a, this, is a, this is a promise. So if you don't do it, you're saying uh, you, you don't really believe God is real. You're setting up. My fulfillment of this promise is an affirmation that God is, tru, truly exists. That's why you're only allowed to swear in the name of God according to the that's the ultimate, but only a tzaddik and a chassid and someone who is a Tamil chacham is supposed to who fulfills all of the everything that's written in the Torah the tz, the, the, that uh, is supposed to be nishba b'shem Hashem. Only somebody who's really on a very high level. Why? Because for them, they're doing it in order to affirm the existence of God, not in order to convince you that they're telling the truth. Then
0: nish- like Shlomo.
1: Shlomo is, is a person who started out on the right path, but his political aspirations just got the best of him. And so he started to marry all these women in order to create all these political alliances because he thought that that was the way to usher in Yemota Mashiach, And he, he he did not, obviously. But that's, you know, that was his error, and he ended up, as many people who believe that they are, uh, you know, he was not immune to the influences that he thought he would be immune to. He, and, and, he, and he failed, but... He, he was basically a good king, though. I don't think anybody said that Shmuel Hamelch was a bad king. His, his end was bad, and really, Shaul the was. A, the Ra'a Sha'ul also wasn't a bad king. The Chazal say that uh, Shaul was really a tzaddik, and he was, you know, he was a, a good, good person, ra'aias. and he was, and and that they and that Bnei Israel were, were were criticized that they weren't Maspid Shaul Hamelch properly because they only focused on, on the bad things. What's the What's the raya from from Navi that he was a good king? Oh,
2: Shmuel's reaction. To whom? To oh, yeah. First
1: of all, first of all yes, because Shmuel took him as a Talmud. Took, took Shaul as his protege. He took Shaul as a Talmud and he had educated him. That's why he was so distressed when Shaul was failing. But more than that, what does it say when he goes to see this, the witch in Endor? Mm-hmm. It says there were no witches because Shaul had gotten rid of all of them in, the, in Israel. So it never said that anywhere in the Tanakh that he did that. It never mentioned before. It only mentioned it like in his downfall. But by implication, you see that he had actually tried to get years, rid of so. all that. Yeah, he had a very short reign, and he, that was one of his first agendas, was to get rid of yeah, all of the Abu from the land. So I think, you know, he was a good person. That, that Because the Tanakh is written to show us Malchut Beit David, it only focuses on the downfall of Shol. Anyway, I don't want to go into Sefer Shmuel, but let's let us stick with Daniel. So what happens is Nebuchadnezzar, we see from the very beginning. Wait, wait, sorry, yeah. you said the Tanakh is written
2: to, to show Malchut Beit David, or... Like Sefer, Shmuel. Shmuel. Sefer, Shmuel. <clears throat> Sefer Shmuel
1: is to show the, the transition from, from the period of the Shoftim to the Malchut Beit David. So there, therefore it shows you Shaul only on yeah, as I a footnote. Right? Yeah, because in, in the book of
2: Shmuel you see a, a lot of folk, most of the book of Shmuel is focused on, on Shaul. Like the first four Shmuel books.
1: Shmuel Aleph. Yeah. No, Shmuel Bet is all well, David. Yeah.
2: It's also on the failure know, right? of Shaul. The Shmuel is all... One book, right? I'll bet this yeah. It's, that,
1: a, so the first half is 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 show, because Shaul was the first attempt to have a malchut, attempt, uh, a malchut of Israel. The thought of
2: Shmuel more of a book of both the kings, book of Shmuel and Lachim, mm-hmm. and
1: the, 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 the later later books, Dvar Yamim in particular,
2: focuses more on Malchut David. Dvar Yamim is different. Dvar Sh- Yamim is a very agenda driven. book.
1: Sefer Shmuel was written in order to show the transition. From the period of Shoftim to the stability of Malchut, and the attempt with Shaul that fails, and Shaul doesn't show an interest in, for example, the Aaron. Mm-hmm. He doesn't show an interest in Bet HaMikdash. He doesn't. He's taught. He's caught up with the with, with attempting to consolidate his own uh, right. his own power, and then David who comes along and is really the chosen one. And what is the end of Sefer Shmuel with David choosing Har Habayit? Right. Right, which is really the purpose of the, uh, of the the purpose of the, I wouldn't say the purpose, the only purpose, but the objective of the king as a chosen one of God is to use the power of the malchut, the kaddish shem, shem That's the only purpose of the, uh, you know, uh, that the king really should have in his malchut ultimately. That's not the only thing he does, that's the ultimate purpose of everything that he does. And so David, should, wanting to build the bitta megdash, and purchasing Har is, you know, as close as he can get to achieving that. And of course, it's still credited to him. The Beit HaMikdash is credited to him because he wanted to and he prepared the way for it. So that's Sefer Shmuel is showing you the transition Shef- from uh, the, Shef- uh, Shef- the the the, yeah. dis, the the loosely organized sort of like Shoftim uh, Shef- Shef- period to the stability of kingdom. But what's the benefit of the stability of kingdom is the stabi- stability of Shechinah. Because up till then, the Shekhinah mm. wasn't resting in one place. So the stability of Malchut leads to the stability of Shekhinah. And that is the, the, the what, what Shemuel is about. <coughs> Deverei Yamim is written to for the Galut. Yamim, if you I'm sure you, you know it. So, like, like, <coughs> so Malachi, Sefer Malachim is about the downfall. It's really about the Bet to being destroyed. That's all purpose. Meaning, Sefer Shemuel is... To show you that we're ready to, to have this period of uh, Malchut Beit David and the Beit HaMikdash. The Sefer Malachim is how it failed and the Beit HaMikdash destroyed. That's the end of Sefer Malachim. And then Divrei Yamim is the opposite. Divrei Yamim is don't be discouraged. is you know, basically to encourage the, gal, the people in the Galut to believe that they have a second chance. And they're going to be able to reconstitute the Commonwealth and reconstitute the Malchut Beit David and reconstitute the Beit HaMikdash. So that's why all these glowing descriptions of the Beit HaMikdash and all, even Menashe does Teshuvah only in Divrei Hamim. He doesn't do Teshuvah in Zeb Malachim. He's just a murderous tyrant in Zeb All of a sudden he's a Baal Teshuvah and very, uh, <clears throat> actually Rabbi Angel, Chaim Angel, had a wonderful, wonderful shiur I heard from him years and years ago, many years ago. I don't even remember, long, long time ago. Uh, I found online like uh, probably at least 10 years ago that he talked about this Divrei How and he pointed all the examples in Divrei Yamim how it spins the story to become a story of hope for Teshuvah instead of a negative story everything, because everything, the everything, whole everything. purpose of Divrei Yamim is basically to, to encourage the Gola that was returning that they can even Manashe can do Teshuvah so obviously you can come back and like that, that sort of thing.
2: And to make Mahud David look good.
1: Yeah, but to inspire the Gola to want to recapture that golden age of Malchut David as opposed to Malachim, which of course is going to focus on the negative because it's charting the destruction okay. of the Beit HaMikdash. And what's the cause of the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash? Basically, the the kings, instead of utilizing their authority and power to focus on Kiddush Shem Shemaim, they use their authority and power for themselves. And the Beit HaMikdash actually became part of the problem instead sort of part of the solution because it... Gave legitimacy. It it would give a certain legitimacy, religious legitimacy, and religious, you know, support to the corrupt uh, regimes of, of the kings, a- until eventually it itself just became a p- place of Abu zarah, which you know, which is the worst. Um, anyway, that's that, that's that's a different book. So, it, but Daniel is. Uh, so so we see Nebuchadnezzar. He somebody was mechaber chachamim. <clears throat> and he wants khakhamim in his court and he wants to pick these people who are uh, who are good looking so they can be accepted by the people and uh, respected by the people good spokespersons look even today what is a, you know uh, any politician their spokesperson you know the, you don't see many people who are noticeably deformed looking in, in, in politics you don't because they, they because people respond to that even though it's like that's not really what you care about in terms of uh, in terms of the quality of uh, of leadership but when you see a representative who's like d- very clearly unattractive, they, they, they it doesn't usually they don't usually reach higher levels of politics. <clears throat> most of them are decent-looking people.
0: There are Go. some examples. Uh, have, uh, mostly, uh, mostly, most of them, prime yeah. ministers. Well, well, the prime I've never seen. Members. I've also
1: never seen a bald president. Yeah. I, 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 I can't be a kohen either. In the bald. Dude. So, it's uh There's some prime ministers in Scandinavians they're what? They're ugly. A little overweight, yeah. Okay, a little overweight. We had that in America too. You know, we've had that more than once. More than once uh, in 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 America, we had overweight presidents. They used to make fun of Bill Clinton all the time, and obviously Trump had a big gut. But you know, even Bill Clinton, they used to make fun of him. You know, uh, he liked McDonald's. He was also a similar similar thing. Mm. All right. But uh, anyway, but they all exercised, you know, like uh, like Bill Clinton. They would they would always do this joke of him like jogging and then stopping at McDonald's, you know. On his <laughs> <laughs> was like, that was a joke about him, you know, like defeating the purpose of it.
0: Some <clears throat> bald shifts, but you don't see it because of the keffiyeh. That and also <laughs> they and also nobody can.
1: They're not elected yeah. officials, so it's like you don't like me. Okay, I'll kill you. No
2: problem. <laughs> oh, Mao Donald is not looking
1: actually. No. No. I never saw this picture but the, I don't know I don't, know. I never, I don't, I don't remember know. what it looked like um, what was that?
2: what's the um, dumb what's he the, wants to
1: educate them in like is, whatever the Kasteem well, culture you know it's like whatever was considered to be an educated person because he wants
2: his culture to be one of education that's, that's like the goal the goal is to have or because he wants to be around people that educate.
1: I think he what he wants for these he wants these people to, these people are Chachamim he wants them to understand and know it would be like let's say you wanted to bring a rabbi into the Mashadi community who doesn't know anything about Mashadi culture. But he's a very good rabbi. But you, you don't he doesn't know anything about uh, so what do you do? You'll educate him. Okay, this is how the Mashadi we read this book, it's about the Mashadi history. We'll teach here's the thing about the Mashadi customs. We want you to understand our customs, our ways, what our culture is like. So because how are you gonna be an effective advisor? if you don't understand the basic, you know, way that our culture functions. So he wants them to understand the culture, to be able to be, you know, maybe uh, make cultural references and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and be able to connect whatever their, uh, whatever their wisdom is if they're going to be involved in any way in educating the people. I don't think that was his goal. I think his goal was more that they understand the culture so they can be good advisors. Because if you don't understand the culture and you advise somebody within a culture that you don't understand, you're not going to give them very good advice because you don't understand what, the, how that, how the values, how, what their values are and what their expectations are and what the, and so on. So I think it makes sense that he would want them to
0: be educated okay. you know, in the culture. Okay. So he gave them, the point was that he gave them uh, food, right? So basically these people were in Kolel, Kolel Mm -hmm. of Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. They had what the food that
1: they
2: needed,
1: Pat Bag, it's it sounds like it means bread but it probably doesn't mean bread it probably means some kind of uh thing with uh meat and other stuff in it too um, wine and
2: Wine for uh, children though? was that
1: normal everyone drank wine it back then bad. it was like uh it didn't necessarily mean that it was super uh, alcoholic it could be like grape juice they called yeah. it yayn Migito. uh also you know uh, the, the, everyone drank uh, wine back then it was it was safer than the water <laughs> the water would yeah. kill you the, uh, that,
0: yeah yeah that's what. That's well, what the that. about. Yeah. yeah. Back then, the water was very dangerous. So wait, wait. So what? What, is this, what
1: does this remind us of? What does what, what this?
2: Uh... So right. So this is
1: exactly the same thing. He's in order to become a part of the Egyptian. Uh, uh, yeah, culture, so, so mm-hmm. Yosef has to have a name that, and, and, a, and a proper wife that shows that he's, you know, except in the Egyptian culture, a proper name, has, except in the Egyptian culture here, they have to have names that are uh, proper Babylonian names. Because you can't come in and say, my name is uh, Moshe and Shmuelik and whatever. It's not going to work in Babylonia. The Babylonian culture is not going to... It has to be something that sounds like a proper Babylonian name. And they're all names that are based on the gods of Babylon, also uh, all these names. Um, so the point is that he's inducting these Bnei Yehudah into, the, uh, into the Babylonian culture. And this is a moment of challenge for them, just like it was for Yosef. Because the question is, to what extent am I going to become really identify with the culture in which I'm found, and to what extent am I going to re- retain my independence? That's really the challenge of Daniel and of Yosef. Right, what is the role of a Jew found in Galut? That's really what the question is. What is the role of the Jew found in Galut in terms of his, <coughs> our ultimate mission of Kiddush Hashem, our ultimate mission of L'taken Olam B'malchut Chadai? That's, it takes on a different form when you're in a, when you have a Malchut Israel, you have an, a, a Jewish community or a Jewish state versus when you are under the auspices of somebody who is, you know, a, a foreign state that has its own values and its own interests and its own agenda and its own goals. And now you're playing a role, a facilitating role in that setting. So what happens to you then? How do you operate in that uh in that kind of a setting. Mm-hmm. And that that's really what the challenge of Daniel and Yosef, that's why they're so similar, actually. Um, the difference being just from the outset that Nebuchadnezzar wants these people around him. He wants them around him, and he wants them to take their Jewish intelligence and wisdom and 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 blend it with the B- Babylonian culture and be great advisors to him. Whereas Paro, oh, which was B'diavah, but still, in both cases, you have Al-Chacham, who is... Uh, within the context of a foreign government and basically facilitating facilitating the you know that, that government
0: so that? No. I think Yosef wants to be in that position now, whereas chose chosen I think there's a difference now I don't know what do you see? it seems like, I mean it seems like you might be right I don't know no it seems like it seems like being in Egypt was something that Yosef in the beginning always wanted where do where what do you see? in Egypt being a leader, being in Egypt, like, or, the or being he leader. He has as a kid, right? What, like,
2: indication in Egypt must be in power. It's like visions of grandeur of himself. But
0: the it comes to like his visions of like wheat are like related to like Egypt, what, what, why, not necessarily. Why, because not why. they were just that's a Sadeh the, you know. The
1: dream, yeah. I think that the the, the big machloket between the brothers of Yosef and Yosef is what is the nature of his dreams because dreams usually can either express the psychological desires of the person fears desires whatever of the person or a dream can be some kind of an insight into external reality when it's a true dream so this brothers the brothers hold that this dream just proves what we said all along about Yosef, that he's an egomaniacal guy who's trying to take over the family and he has delusions of grandeur and and and, and imagines himself uh, lording over us. And Yosef says, no, no, there's, the, this dream is, a, is showing some kind of an objective... Uh, Truth that this is going to come true. And you see that Yaakov, on one hand, he castigates Yosef and says, uh, You know, uh, uh, but he was waiting to see that maybe there was truth to it. So, what do Chazal say? They say this, that there's no dream that doesn't have nonsense in it. What was the nonsense of Yosef's dream? What was the nonsense in Yosef's His dream? Mother. His mother bowing to him, right? Because that was the whole thing Yaakov said, uh, Am I the Im my, my, your mom is going to come she's not alive she can't come bow to you so what does it show to you that your mom is in the dream so the brothers will say that shows you that this dream is a fantasy he wants his mom to be alive he wants to, us all to be bowing to him but he also wants his mom to be alive the proof that it's an expression Desire. of his psychological desires his is, is the mom. fact that his mom is in the dream the reality is that even a true dream and even a has some sh'tuyot. The Chazal say, Rabbi Yochanan says in the Gemara in Masachet, uh, in uh, Bachot, that there's no dream that doesn't have some nonsense, even a prophetic dream. Why? Because even though the Navi is receiving nibua, he's receiving it through the means of his imagination and of his of his dream. He's receiving it through the psyche, except for Moshe Rabbeinu. He's receiving it through the vehicle of the psyche, and the psyche is going to put an imprint on it to some extent. There's gonna be elements that are drawn from the psychological makeup of the Navi. Okay? Like it even says they say you know why what? is it that Yeshayahu's description of the uh, of kadosh 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 that nevuah is so short and Yecheskel's is so detailed about the merkavah they actually saw the same nevuah Yeshayahu and Yecheskel's are famous but what but since Yeshayahu was actually Yeshayahu was a guy that was a very high-class guy. He was a part of the royal family. He was related to the royal family. So he saw kings all the time and he saw this all the time. So he didn't have to, he didn't describe all the, uh, all the details. He was like... He was, Right, Yecheskel was a person who, for whom it see, was a well, rarity to see idea. chariots in this. you described every detail. <clears throat> the point is that you know whether that means that just because of their personal experience, or it means that maybe Yishaiol because it was a higher level in Navi, whatever it is. But the point is that it, it's filtered through. Even if the same idea is conveyed, it, it's filtered through the, the through the mental uh, apparatus of the uh, and tools uh, of
2: the Navi. We see these great civilizations. Egypt and then Babylonia built on Jewish chokhmah, right?
1: like, like Yosef and. So Macedonia. you're saying the Jews control the world? It's like, yeah, yeah world. World. global I mean, conspiracy. We, we know
2: that that's fact. Just right. explaining how we see it. How we
1: see it in the Tanakh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's uh, well, Egypt failed, though. I mean, all these kingdoms eventually failed. Right. So now America is built on uh, on uh, Jewish uh, Jews controlling everything, according right. to. Uh,
2: no, the, civilization. The, the civilization is built On these young minds and right. Jewish minds sure. that, are, that are helping cultivate The civilization Because this is the beginning Of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar Yeah it, it just grows from here Same with Yosef Yosef gave all the, all the money to, to Egypt Then it became A, strong, a very strong Yeah movement. but
0: what made These civilizations use Was their technological
2: strength And I don't know if Jews Contributed to their Technological development but You're talking about Their, stre- their physical strength Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah Technology is not physical it's not oh, a it's physical hard. strength. But, but but no, it is. But they didn't technology. technology.
2: He's, he's saying their brute strength. I think... Yeah, yeah, like, Egypt,
0: Egypt became great because of the Nile, and how they learned to manipulate the... Yeah, that, those are two it's different true. things. It's not technology. I mean, that technology. would be technology. technology, technology. To how, to know, how to use... To know, to know, how, to na- to know how to farm All things. Like That's technology. What do you mean? No, utilizing tools to farm. Utilizing. Egypt had very uh, advanced uh, practical
1: uh, practical stuff, but they were very low-level theoretical... <clears throat> like when it says, you know, uh, uh, when it says last week's parasha that ki en mispar, they stopped counting the grain because they actually didn't have numbers that went that high. They, were, they, they had like very limited, they had like very limited mathematics. It's actually, the the pshat is like, it sounds like it means it, it was infinite. It actually means ki en misparl, they didn't have a, it says they stopped counting ki en mispar. What does it mean ki en misparl? What does it mean ki en There's of course a number because they didn't have that high numbers.
0: scholars will say the opposite. they so, what? like the 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 mystery behind the behind the pyramids right now is greater than it ever was. They it's enshrouded in all these. Uh, right, they don't understand it, how they did it. Crazy calculation. Not just that, but even let's say. Uh, Pointing to like true north within like a fraction of one degree. Yeah. Well, they, right. Well, the dimensions like length uh, to width. Right. It's, Astronomical
1: it's things they were very good at, and geometrical things they were good at. But just it, it was all or it was all related to either practical things or, or some kind of religious uh, like that might be some kind of uh, mystical things. You know the directions and whatnot. who knows. Definitely, I mean the pyramids were were tombs that they you know were for for the for the, the VIPs. Mm-hmm. But they brought all their stuff, you know, for the next world.
0: I think like modern scholars will say that they they had an, a science that we don't have anymore that we've we've kind of like retrograded.
1: In some ways, it's probably true. Um, they they were very advanced in certain things, in in, uh, but the, but not in the theoretical knowledge. Right. The, that that's where they they didn't have. In any case, um, <clears throat> okay, so. So, uh, and, and this is what, you know, Ariel and I were talking about yesterday, just this idea of uh, the difference between what the role of, let's say, Yosef and Daniel is vis-a-vis the king versus like stuff that Abraham Avinu was doing or what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing. Because in, in, the, in Daniel's interaction with the king or Yosef's interaction with the king, he never challenges the fundamental worldview of the king. He just shows how his chokhmah can assist the king and facilitate the king in pursuing whatever it is that he already has decided is, is, is what's best or is what's good. That's the... That's the uh, that, that's that's why it always uses the word Elohim or Elohim as the as the name of God because within the framework, Yosef within the framework of Paro's assumption that the greatness of Egypt is the most important thing and my greatness and the greatness of Egypt are the the highest values, Yosef can show how his wisdom can preserve and expand the glory of Egypt. Oh, okay, well I'm willing to listen to that. That sounds great. And the same thing with uh, Daniel that he's. He, He's, a, he's an advisor to the king. He doesn't challenge the yesodot of the king. In terms of looking at the world, he says, I'm here to enable the king to more fully achieve his goals by using chokhmah, which is the first real exposure to chokhmah that a person has. Chokhmah as a utility. Chokhmah makes your life better because since the world is governed by chokhmat Hashem, if you apply chokhmat Hashem to your life, you're going to be more successful than if you don't. That's true. That doesn't necessarily that, but that doesn't speak to your values. That's just a practical reality. That if a person lives in accordance with the principles of of uh, that are true, then they're going to succeed. And if they try to live against them, work against them, they're going to fail.
2: <clears throat>
1: but that doesn't that doesn't speak to what your ultimate purpose is. Whereas Moshe Rabbeinu, let's say for example, says, brings the name Yudkevavke to paro. He says the glory of Egypt is not the ultimate thing. Mm. Right, that the, 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 there's something much higher and much more important, and you need to be subservient to Hashem, wow. right? Because yud kevav ke means something beyond nature, beyond this world, right? So that was why it was such a challenge to part oh, to accept that, because Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't saying, "Allow me to tell you that politically, you know, keeping the Jews as slaves is a bad idea because it's it's going to be a mistake." It's gonna. He doesn't say that. He says, "This is what Hashem says." You know the the <coughs> heavens belong to Hashem. The earth belongs to Hashem. I you know I'm going to show. Him. And what does Paral say? Me Hashem? Well, who is uh, Yudkevavke that I should listen to? Him. I'm, I'm not going to listen to that wow. the, that idea. And so he has to show him that there's a reality beyond the the the, the, the reality of Egypt. Not just show me how Ruchmat Hashem can help me be a better Egyptian tyrant, wow. <laughs> the more successful I should say. Okay. I don't know if better. Yeah. More successful Egyptian tyrants show me that there's a reality that actually my power could be instrumental to something higher and more real than the, the, than the fantasy that I believe in. And that's the, that's the key. That's what Avram Avinu also we were saying. He brings Yud Kevavke. Why? Because Avram because Avinu isn't within a foreign government, he's establishing his own movement. He's saying, My movement is to recognize God as the ultimate. So he doesn't start with Elohim and trying to help people. Do better in their material life using Chokhmah Hashem. He's trying to point to help them to recognize the ultimate reality. But when you're in an, in an, a culture that already has principles that it believes are true, or a person you're dealing with somebody who already has certain values, they're committed to certain values. You can show them like when you give somebody advice, right? When We were saying yesterday, sorry, I'm repeating some things that's coming into my mind, but when you're, when, you're, when you're advising somebody, right, there's sometimes that you advise somebody within what they want, right? They want a certain result, you advise them. Sometimes you think, you know, I'm not so sure that the thing that they want is really the good, good thing, but this is what they want, so they're asking for my advice, I'm, I'm going to help them, right? But sometimes if you have a relationship with the person after a while, you know them, you, you could say to them, you know, I don't think this thing you want is actually what you, what's good for you. But that's a much riskier challenge because you're saying that your whole your goal is wrong. Telling me the way I'm doing something is not the best way, and you it can be more efficient, more effective, wiser, more strategic. Uh, most people would, would would be open to that, right? But telling me that my fundamental premise about what is good is wrong uh, that, that that's that that's going to undermine my, my 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 whole life. So so that that's what that's what Moshe is doing to Paro. Moshe is doing. As opposed to Yosef, he never questions that the glory of Egypt is a, is is the ultimate uh, uh, goal. Daniel never says to Nebuchadnezzar, uh, never challenges him, okay, uh, because he lives within that system. He can only try to show Nebuchadnezzar certain ideas. Now, you see that Daniel takes Nebuchadnezzar a lot further than Yosef ever took Paro, yeah. A lot further. Yeah, but we'll see.
0: What did you want to say? Uh, question on the parasha. So it seems... We're not this the parasha. Yeah. Right? yeah. But it's, related. it's on, on the idea of, of your point. <clears throat> Almost all uh, main figures in, in many of the stories of Tanakh shows their interaction with leaders, with Melachim. Uh, trying to bring them to, to certain understandings, great understandings. Right. Yaakov is with Paro. It seems to be in the. In, you know, mm-hmm. the Rehazal, he has a funny. Interview. It's it's built up to be this like you know cataclysmic meeting. meeting of the of the greatest minds in history, but like on the shot level, it seems to be very uh, anticlimactic. It is very anticlimactic. So cat I heard from Cass recently that his reading is that uh, Egypt highly valued. Uh, uh, old age. Old age.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I've heard that too. I I heard that too. I heard an explanation that basically from the question he, Yaakov, realized that Paro felt threatened by him.
0: Yeah. Right,
1: because because what was, that's the first thing you ask an old man, how old are you? That's very rude, you know. How, that, that's the first thing that's very personal. And so he downplays and he says, oh, you know, my life was... Right. Uh, meaning, don't think any... I, I look like this because I'm actually <laughs> yeah, yeah, 25.
0: <laughs> but I had a
1: horrible life. That's, you know, that's like... Uh, I just look old because I uh, I had a terrible life. Uh, he did have a very hard life, so but he, he he realized that that was but that shows you the great insight in the yeah, of Yaakov into, you know into Paro's mm-hmm. mindset. Paro wanted Yosef's family to come to Mitzrayim because it legitim. First of all, you, up till then Yosef is this like you basically took a homeless guy and you made him the leader of the country. What are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. and you you see that you see that Yosef that that was an issue because in the beginning Paro says, "Wow, you know, <laughs> by the end that by the end you would think after seven years of Sava they would know Yosef is in charge, but they go to Paro and Paro says, oh. el Yosef.' Well, they, they didn't know that they should go to Yosef, today, but you could see that there was already a This guy's not an Egyptian, and what's what's he doing here, and why is he the person who's in charge? And then. When Yosef wants permission to bury his father, he doesn't even go to Paro. He asks Someone the house to of Paro, to to Paro please yeah. say to Paro, you know, that I need to bury my father. So you see that there's like a little bit of a rift. But, Par, but the, probably Paro got a lot of pushback because he, he took somebody who was, you know, uh, no nobody, an outsider, not an Egyptian, not even somebody who was a free person, a slave, and an ex-convict, you know, already starting to sound like a... Uh, uh, like a potential uh, <laughs> uh, a poli- political candidate, you know, It's like uh, he's an ex con, and he 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 puts him up in the highest position right on the spot because he had one uh, one chidush, right on the spot. So it was it was a risky move. So bringing the family of Yosef shows, look, he has a family, you know, he's a normal person. He you know he he, he his family is here, but the. Uh, uh, that, that, was, that was part of the thing, but also it showed Yosef's commitment to Egypt. You're moving your family to Egypt. What does that mean? That means you're staying here. Th- this, this is your place. So that's why it was such a complicated yeah. thing to bury Yaakov in, Mitzray- in, in, in Eretz Kenan, because that was, th- that was so politically dicey for Yosef. What do you mean you're, uh, you're going to bury him and uh, th- this is your home? You brought everybody to, to, to Mitzrayim. Why, why would you go there? So the, that, that's, the, uh, that, that's the politics of it, in other words. He had to show, I'm not only a normal person, we are Egyptian. We, we live in Egypt. We live in our own neighborhood, but we're Egyptian. So the own neighborhood thing was, of course, to try to maintain the uniqueness and the distinctness of Am Yisrael. But, but, the, but becoming Egyptian was part of what Yosef needed for his own uh, uh, legitimacy in the eyes of,
0: uh, of the people of Mitzray. Where, where do we see Yaakov... Uh, you know, bringing Paro to any kind of new insights, or you don't really. But, is it, but isn't? I don't dialogue, think he does. Isn't it like? Uh, it's it's kind of like Tom that Tom happens Bro, with Yosef. Don't worship longevity. It's about what you do with the time you have. Like, there could be longevity. some. There could be
1: some lesson in it, but I feel like ya- Yaakov. My sense of that meeting with Yaakov and Understood. Paro is that it ends quickly because there was nothing really. It's showing you like. Not You're not going to be, uh, every single time, be able to... Uh, sometimes you see right away from a person's question or from a person's thing, uh, there's no... Uh, I'm not going to be able to have an impact on this person. Especially and he, and by Vayibachotah, by he blessed them and he... Uh, he, he it says uh, he blessed Paro and he, he went. I Meaning he didn't try to... Uh, Yosef had done that. Yosef, in teaching Paro, Bil Adai, Elohim, Yad Shalom Paro. He had taught him, first of all, don't look for a miracle worker. Look for Chochmat tashem, somebody who's a Chacham. And don't believe in fatalism. Whatever God reveals to you, then yeah you have to use this knowledge to prepare for the you know for the famine by storing up food during the seven days uh, seven years of plenty uh, I mean God is giving you this knowledge not to condemn you he's giving you the knowledge to help you, and this is how you, you're going to help that was what he was trying to show Par not to have this mystical idea that there's a fatalistic thing that God is giving you a dream and it's, there's you're helpless and you're hopeless and and that's it no God is giving you this dream to teach you what you should do so that now you, can, you have the advantage of knowing what's going to happen and you can now appoint Chachamim, right? He says, he says to him, appoint a
0: Chacham over its Mitzrayim. It's right? How that. was getting there because he didn't give up on trying to interpret the dream. Right, well he... But he saw that there was some could, meaning into it.
1: Yeah, he had a sense that there was something to it and he went to Yosef and Yosef basically... It, when he, Yosef's thing though is in, to, to distinguish himself from... The Mechashvi, who are, you know, using their magical uh, aura that, you know, but also they give a kind of a prediction, which is like the Chazals say, oh, you're going to have seven daughters and you're going to bury seven daughters. It's like, what, what good does that do for me? You know, that's, that's like the meaning they would give them some kind of a fatalistic uh, prediction. And, and that was it. It was you. That's what the gods have determined. Whereas, you'll stop saying, no, God educates man. Is giving you this knowledge now. You have to take an ish chacham, right, and put the chacham in charge of, of handling things. That's what he tells him to, to choose a chacham, and then what does Paro say? v'chacham kamocha, right? So the m- meaning that the, so therefore you're going to be the man for the job, but that's that's the revolution that Yosef tries to say. Use chokhmah as your guide. Don't use the magic. Okay, but Paro is at the end of the day. Is his primary concern is his own power. And so when he sees somebody like Yaakov, who has the potential of, like, edging him out as someone who is a celebrity, which he clearly became when he was in Mitzrayim. So he, you know, ya- Yaakov, I think, realized right away that he, there was a limited, uh, you know, benefit to him trying to uh, interact with him. That's, that's my sense of the, of the text, and that's okay. You know, I, I, one time I was on a cruise, and... Um, I was in the, I was, it was Shabbat, it was like 20 years ago, and it was, I, it was on Shabbat, and I was like sitting in the, the room, like one of the rooms, and I was doing like Mikra or something, I was reading the parashah, and I heard these two people, and they were discussing the Bible. Apparently there was like a Bible retreat on the cruise, okay? It was a cruise to Alaska, so, so there was a lot of like more chill, more chill more uh, chill people when they were talking about their, their you know minister or whatever he had this methodology for studying the where you look for words and where those words appear in the Bible and you try to it, was, it sounded really interesting I'm like hey this sounds interesting they were having a book sale on Sunday I'm like I'm going to go look, look at this book sale see what see what they. so I, so on Sunday I come in and of course like a guy with a kippah it's like putting honey in front of uh, flies you know <laughs> so so I, I, I come with a kippah I'm looking at the books and this guy comes over <coughs> and says what do you believe about Jesus I want to talk to you about this. I'm like I don't believe anything about him I'm just here to look at books you know and they're like, I want you to meet our... Uh, and I, I guess I must have talked to him. I want you to meet our leader. I want you to meet our... our whatever his, his name was. Um, he brings me over to the guy. And he, was, he thought, you know, his leader right in the spot was going to, like, convert me to believe in whatever it was. What did he say? The leader said to me, You're Jewish? It's very important that the Jewish people follow the Torah, follow the commandments, follow God, and he gave me a free copy of his book. Which, is, obviously, he knew I was Jewish, so that was good. That was a good move. <laughs> free stuff, we're always willing to take. Mm. And, and, and he put an inscription in the... Uh, a pasuk. And what was the pasuk? It was from Yeshua from the beginning.
0: <laughs>
1: where it says, you know... He put that in the... The guy was, was so disappointed that Rob he, he thought his leader was gonna like me-carib. convert me-carib me to the yeah, oh, wow. it was backfired the guy who was mechazek said oh you should be you should be strong in the mitzvot and that was it the guy was very it was sad he was very sad first but I'm just saying sometimes you, inter- you you meet somebody and you realize I'm probably not gonna get anywhere with this person so you just give them a blessing and you you move on and that's what he did and he was smart his book wasn't bad
0: yeah. it not Probably probably, or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know, I find that it depends,
1: maybe, maybe, but I, I, I got the sense that he was smart enough to know certain people are someone he could have an influence on and certain people not. So he sort of got that sense and, and let it go and that was smart. So that's I, I, that's how I read the Yaakov and Paro, but maybe not. I mean, but that's, that's, I get the sense that he realized right away that he was more concerned about his own image in Mitzrayim than in any kind of like, what can I learn from this great sage that just came into my, uh, uh, came into my hechal, I could learn so much. No, he wanted to know how old are you. Meaning, are you going to, are you going to threaten my uh, my position? So that he said, okay, that type of person, it's not, uh, not worth it. it was
0: just striking how, I don't know. I, 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 but
1: I, still, would you ask that? I'm not sure seems, seems like,
0: very cause if you, I don't know if you really did look that old and, and they were really into longevity and things like that mm-hmm. how old was Daniel? he's young yeah
1: okay so let, let, let's go on and the, oh <coughs> we have to we have to go to Mafene Mantua okay uh hey, so I I
2: think you said isn't bread
1: people bread I think, bread I think uh, you have the dat- I mean, Nikra what does that... it say for padbog I, I know that some people say that it means more than bread it means something else
0: the Inyan Inyan
2: king's food king's food there's also there. Yeah. Yeah. the pat baga yeah oh, so it it no, other foods it
1: doesn't actually necessarily mean bread that's what I'm just saying it means right. other food it means the food
0: no, it's th- yeah yeah all
2: right yeah so there. Yeah,
0: so <coughs> He orders the kosher meal. The first Jew to order the kosher meal. He said, "Can I
1: please get the kosher meal? I don't want to defile myself with the uh, with the non-kosher meal." So again, this is a situation where a conflict between the Jewish identity and the. Uh, and the identity, you know, in the case of Yosef, he has the, the, the issue of the sexual uh, advances of uh, Potiphar's wife. Here he has the machalot uh, asurot. He has to, you know, even if it wasn't technically not kosher, who knows, you know, like the Chazal say, oh, no, it was, uh, it was actually uh, uh, not pat Israel, And it was, you know, it, 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 it was a zira that he, he, he was keeping, to keep the distinctness of the Jewish people from socializing with the, uh, to show that we we're, were different. We get a different meal because we're, we're not the same to maintain the distinctness. So it wasn't really actually a sword to eat it, according to Chazal. It was meaning, it was a of rabbanan. It was Gozer, the gzerah uh, and Pat Akum, and Akum. I mean, Yein uh, I guess. So saying his messages of and Galut
2: is relevant to, you and to Very. Very
1: relevant. To it's him. trying to show you that, you know, how to keep your, your identity in, in Galut, which unfortunately, you know, some of you are still there.
0: Hmm. Taking <laughs> I'm trying to be gentle. <laughs> Don't be gentle. Don't be gentle. Gentle, gentle hasn't worked so far. That's <laughs> true.
1: Where do you see that also? So so that that, that also should give you... Uh, first of all, the word Sarisim appearing here, it appears a lot in the, uh, in the story of Yosef, but also that he has... Uh, there it's Vaytena, uh, Yosef, uh, that Yosef got chen. Right? Mm-hmm. Hashem gave chen. But it's the same thing meaning he, he and where where else do we see somebody who was in the eyes of the foreign uh, king yes. Esther. Esther very good Very yeah. yeah. you're good yeah Esther also
0: seems <laughs> to it's the same it's the same
1: the yeah. same it just means that they had favor and that meaning that they were they were seen favorably what causes a person to see, right? so what 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 causes a person to, to gain favor in the, in the eyes of uh, people like that
0: Meaning what? Yeah.
2: Non-confrontational? Not
1: necessarily. Yeah. So Everything he does
2: is pretty confrontational.
1: Yeah, right. he, he stands oh, up but, for oh, himself, but... Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. But but what what? it's more than that, I think. Why did Yosef have chen and why does Esther have chen? Because when a person isn't seeking their
2: yeah, own... confident in their own... Right. Religion, they're,
1: they're not seeking. I mean, they're, they're, Yosef executed his responsibilities... Purely with, you know, with, with the whole heart. He wasn't attempting to either ingratiate himself or gain any kind of power or gain any kind of influence. Mm. He wasn't a person who was trying to manipulate people for the sake of an agenda. When you're not trying to, people don't like when you're seeking to position yourself in a certain way and manipulate. Yeah. So all of these people have in common that Yosef himself, yeah, he obviously, I'm sure, was, was appreciative yeah, right. that he was treated well. But he wasn't seeking any kind of an, uh, a position of power, even in the house of Potiphar. He was he was doing his duties, and fulfilling his his, his, his uh, you know his responsibilities uh, in the most complete possible way, in a very impressive way. And he was uh, you know beemetu betamim, and even until the end, it says you know he brought all the kesef uh, that brought. The, sorry, that's in this week's parasha. brought all to the uh, to the otsar of Paro. He didn't take one penny for himself. Okay, so he never had, any, he never attempted to manipulate for the sake of his own aggrandizement. Oh, and Esther, the same thing. She came, like she didn't want really, you know, necessarily that kind to be Delicious. thrust into that kind of a position. But she, once she was, be, precisely because she wasn't the type of person who was, uh, you know, like you can imagine the the you know the cattiness of these different girls who were all vying all for this position of queen. You know, and how that comes across and how that would be perceived by somebody who was in charge of supervising him. She gets the best lodgings because she's not like that. She's not like one of those people who's trying to edge in and trying to. She doesn't take her
0: own thing into the room with him. She asks. uh, Right. Well, that's a
1: different thing. That's smart.
0: Mm -hmm. She doesn't want. want, Right. She,
1: she, right. Whatever the king was going to want is what I should do, not what I want. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but I guess that is in a way symptomatic because she's saying instead of doing what I want, instead of making this about me, it's going to be about the king. Right? Instead of making this about myself, it's going to be about Potiphar. Or it's going to be about the, 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 the jailer, or whoever it is that, that he's dealing with. And by the way, another thing, and I think I mentioned this to Ariel yesterday too. What does it say about, the Sarah, about, about Potiphar? But, but that was on our walk, so it wasn't on the recording. What does it say about Potiphar and also yeah, about yes. the jailer that they saw that Hashem was Matzliach in the hands of uh, Yosef? Right? Vikolashem Asher se Hashem Matzliach bi how did the uh, Potiphar know of Hashem? Right? How did the jailer know that Hashem was matzliach in the, in, you in know, the 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 activities of Yosef? So what does Chazal say? What does Chazal say? Oh, Rashi says. Was... Everyone knows Rashi? French French commentator. Yeah. Right? What does he say? Shehaya Shem Shamaim Shagur B'fiv. What does it mean Shagur B'fiv? He just said Baruch Hashem all the time? No. It means that Yosef, just like Abraham Avinu, just like David, when he was with Achish, you know, exiled to the Eretz Felishtim with uh, with Achish, he was talking about his idea of God. He was sharing with him. He he was open about his, uh, you know, his understanding of the world and his his emunah. So when they saw Hatzlacha, they saw it in the framework that Yosef gave them. He gave them the framework of Hashem, just like Achish says to. Uh, uh, it's a David Chai Hashem or I think he says, right? Yeah, yeah. right? It's like, where did he get the idea of Yud Kevavke? Achish is an idolater because da- there's no way David a Melech would live with somebody and not talk about Hashem. She says, uh, right, he, 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 anywhere David okay. goes, he's going to talk Torah. Anywhere he goes, he's going to talk about Hashem. That, that's his life. It's to be mekadesh Hashem Anywhere Abraham Avinu goes, he's going to talk about God because that's his purpose to be mekadesh Hashem. So that's the... So Yosef was... Created the the prism through which they perceived the success was Hashem because he taught, taught, taught them about Hashem and he told them about Hashem, right? So that's the you know that's one of the things that uh, is remarkable about all of these characters when they're in a situation of interacting with people on the outside. They as much as they can expose the the the, the people that they're with to the ideas that the, the ideas their unique ideas and their their understanding of God because they that's their ultimate purpose in life is to be mekadesh Hashem. And so Yaakov, I mean Yosef rather uh, That's why it's, you know, Matzliach uh, You know, the Hatzlacha was attributed to yud ki Because that's what Yosef would tell them That's how Yosef presented it And, uh, okay, so what happens now? Oh, well, we should go probably soon If we want to keep the time schedule, right? Yeah Why do we
0: do one more pasuk yeah, I have one coffee I have so I. No, It's unfair I
2: second coffee
0: I <laughs> uh, right, meaning what did you notice the word zoafim where yeah. else do you have a word zoafim oh, in the story of yosef when he sees that he saw the uh
1: uh, the the uh, oh, Sarah Meshkim uh, and the Sarah Ofe is that Vina Zofim, right? The same. It's like the it's like the author of Daniel yeah. was 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 reading actually? Sefer was reading the story of Yosef and like taking the vocabulary out of there too. But wow. is Saris is it also Saris,
2: Sarisim? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: That's Sarisim is 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 is, is there too? Yeah. yeah.
0: Keep
2: going.
1: So basically he was afraid, he was afraid that if he got a lesser, if they if, if they provided like the vegetarian meal or whatever it was that he wanted, the zir'onim, that he wanted, that the that the Jewish kids would look noticeably less healthy and less robust than the other kids and then it would be like, I'm failing in my job because my job is to make sure that you guys look good and that you guys are healthy and they're, they're, I'm going to be criticized for not providing you with enough calories or whatever it was that 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 the uh that the waiter was supposed to do. He was afraid of that. And um and uh okay let's just read the next was two Is it books.
2: just Daniel okay, or is it that one with the, the, the you No know,
0: it's group, it's group It means it's group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. whole Daniel Elhamel Tsar Ashermin Nasar Sar Sim Al Daniel Khanem Shavazarya Nas Na et Avadek Yanima Sarah Vitnu La Numina Zeroim Vinochallah Maimisht Viraul Panecha Mar Ehu Mar Ay Ladima Ochlim et Pag so he tested, They gave him a test, right. They were the best of them. So they were on the kosher lunch program. Um, they like three the children left one. for the We just finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then we're not gonna
1: get into it. Yeah, we don't want to rush it. Let's not yeah, rush it. Let's, yeah, yeah. Let's, but but the, the point is that they wanted the kosher meal. Uh, you know, whether you interpret it, there's two ways of reading it. Is it that <laughs> that Hashem uh, extended to them that despite their eating a lesser... Is that considered one of the Nassim of the meal? Well, yeah, like the Ralbag reads it, says... Uh, uh, and I think most of the farshim read it as That even though they were eating less calories, Hashem made them look good, so they would be able to. Because they did it l'shem shemaim to try to keep kosher, that it was a, it was a zuch- the special zechut. Another possibility is just that the pat baghemelch really wasn't so, so healthy. You know, and they they what they were eating was actually better. The water and the uh, and the vegetables, and so they uh, they actually it didn't really really actually affect their. Uh, and may, might have even been better for them and more nutritious than whatever we were serving who knows
2: Sorry. talk about of let's go
1: see. Yeah. okay let's go get some uh, pot of the